0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome Hoosier fans to another disappointed episode of The Assembly Call. As today your Indiana Hoosiers fall 77 to 57 to Yukon in the first round of the Empire Classic. It is the Hoosiers' first loss of the season, so Indiana now 3-1 and, and will play the loser of Texas and Louisville in the afternoon session tomorrow. Uh, you know, and this is a game that, you know, Indiana lost by 20, but for most of the game, it was a 6-10 to 10 point game, and every time UConn would push the lead out, Indiana would have an answer to be able to come back, but it really felt like the game changed when it was 50-43. to 43, You know, Indiana had they were on about a 4-0 run, I think. A great defensive possession. CJ Gunn strips uh, Newton. Xavier Johnson gets it, takes one dribble, and in that moment was probably the you know the best chance Indiana had all game. You go the other end, you get a transition bucket. Maybe it's a five-point game, but instead X gets it stripped. Malik Renew ends up committing his fourth foul. You can question whether it was actually a foul, but it's an and one for Yukon. They miss the free throw. Indiana gives up a rebound, as they did often. Yukon uh, ends up scoring. It's 54 to 43, and it really felt like that was kind of it for Indiana, the knockout blow. Uh, just a huge, you know, really potentially six or seven point swing for Yukon right there. Uh, and that helped to seal Indiana's fate. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with the coach Brian Tonsoni. And Ryan Phillips, we are going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game show. And let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And, you know, you could talk about the moment I just said is the banner moment where you've got a chance in the second half, a transition opportunity to go down five, but the Hoosiers blundered it. You know, I thought the time when I felt the best about Indiana was the end of the first half. UConn had built a 35-21 lead. It really felt like things were going downhill and that Indiana might head into halftime you know really without much of a chance. and I thought the 7-0 run Indiana went on from that point really showed a lot of you know mental toughness and some playmaking. you know CJ Gunn, who had missed two three-pointers, he gets the ball, hits a little mid-range shot to cut it to 12. He wanted that shot, and it was nice to see. next possession, Malik Renu gets it, stays strong, gets fouled twice, ends up making both free throws uh, on the free throw opportunity, that cut it to 10. then great D by CJ Gunn, which was a theme uh, today, you know he contains Newton, uh, you know switches. He stays attached. Trey Gallo ends up getting the steal. That leads to free throws from Baco on the other end. And uh, the, the half would end with Malik Renu once again getting it, spinning, getting fouled, scored. And so it turned that 35-21 lead for UConn into a 37-30 halftime lead. And it was nice to see Indiana battle back. Nice to see some of the playmaking and defense uh, that led to it. But unfortunately, in a 40-minute game, this UConn team was just better. Uh, They clearly have a a better understanding of what they're trying to do and better cohesion as a team. Uh, And they really took it to Indiana over the last 10 minutes uh, and kind of seemed to break Indiana's spirit. Um, And so, you know, what was Kind of a decent effort and performance for 30 minutes really marred um, by the way that game ended and we'll talk about all the the positives and the mini negatives uh, as we go through today's episode. All right. With all that said, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yes, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season sponsoring the Assembly Call and their third as the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network. As you know, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, you always know that you're going to get high quality gear. And when they try new stuff out, it's usually Indiana stuff first. So from the snapback hat, to the bomber jackets, to the crew necks, all that. And they even have specialty, uh, you know, projects or or specialty items for projects we support, like Hoosier Ticket Project. I'm wearing my Hoosier Ticket Project shirt today. Uh, That was purchased via via Home Field Apparel, and some of the proceeds went to support uh, the great work that Hoosier Ticket Project is doing. So make sure that you go to homefieldapparel.com, whether you're shopping for yourself, for another IU fan in your life, or just anyone who appreciates... You know, college sports because they have something for everyone there with over 150 schools. Do your Christmas shopping there, knock out, you know, a whole bunch of names on your list in one trip. The website is homefieldapparel.com. The promo code is HOME23, and that will get you 15% off your first order. But pay attention, they have a Black Friday sale going on right now where you can get 20% off your entire order by using the promo code Black Friday. So sometimes you want to use that instead of our promo code. Um, so use that Black Friday promo code get 20% off pay attention to their socials pay attention to email because there's always cool new uh, promotions and discounts and ways for you to save money so once again the website homefieldapparel.com wear one for the team all right well it is time to move the ball find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team coach we will start with you Uh, it is Tonsoni time what's on your mind
1: uh, I, I just think uh, this Indiana team is a huge work in progress. Uh, you're going to whatever fan you want to f- look at, uh, and and you're probably right in both the positives and the negatives. Uh, a lot of this falls on what I believe coaching and scheme, and a lot of it falls on players not playing up to their their capabilities. But this this was um, overall bad effort. Uh, not not effort as far as playing hard. I thought the guys played hard. Uh, but it's just not good right now. And, and that's where I, you know, rest on it's a work in progress. What Coach Woodson wants this team to do, they're not doing. Uh, is that the players? Is that the coaching not getting the message across? But they are not doing the the defense or the offense that Coach Woodson uh, kind of uh, once, and whether we like the defense or like the offense or not. They're just not – it's just not happening. Uh, y- you saw a lot of technical things that UConn did tonight to take advantage. Uh, the pick and pop, uh, switching one through four. Uh, they got eight points in the first half off this uh, confusion of switch, uh, the pick and pop. And then you saw Wright State do it and you saw uh, UConn do it. They're They're back cutting, 45 cutting the slot, the nail guy. Uh, and really putting a lot of pressure on the slot defender and it 's out it 's out, and college coaches are creating, but um Mbaco got beat on a back door, Trey Galloway got beat on a back door c j Gunn got beat on a back Just door list
2: the because they 're at the roster. nail
1: they 're at the nail watching the ball, and so if the players aren 't doing it right, then they need to do it right if it 's a bad scheme, then the scheme needs to change, but it 's not working there, or a, a heck of a lot of dribbling on offense, uh, versus ball movement. And, uh, you know, what do we have 20 points or so in the second half, 25 points in the second half. Um, it's dependent on taking advantage of double teams and, and players playing out of their mind and we had that in the first half. That's why Indiana's in the game. And in the second half, we didn't have that. So there's a lot to lot to be critical of. I think of this Indiana Hoosiers in games like this doesn't mean the season's over. They can get better. They showed it last year, losing to Arizona and Kansas, and then getting the four seed. So that's what we gotta hope for.
0: All right, Ryan, over to you. Plenty to rant about. What are you gonna choose? You know what the most
1: the most disappointing part of this is is that for three
2: quarters of the game, UConn didn't play even close to their potential, and other than Tristan Newton, they were having issues all over the floor. Offensively, defensively, they were solid, but it's because they had a seven footer at the back. You know, um, my problem with Indiana right now is what it's been, and it that's that the scheme I don't think breaks other teams down. They're so reliant on individual players breaking other teams down, which is quite frankly. What you expect from a guy coming from the NBA, where it's skill versus scheme, typically. Other than teams like the Warriors, where the scheme helps the skill, it's largely a one-on-one game, in, in, unless you're in transition. And for Indiana, today they shot 13 three-pointers and made three of them. Shot 23% from the fee, from, from the three-point line, shot 37%. I had kind of said in these early games, they weren't facing a lot of size. They finally faced some size and really struggled uh, what they end up points in the paint uh, 22 for the game where they were dropping 50 on these other teams. Khalil, Khalil Ware had uh, he hit two field goals. Both of them were three pointers because he's not going to be able to dominate other big guys the way he dominated. Now that doesn't mean he can't score against them. He had a rough game today. Uh, it doesn't mean he can't score against them, but they're not going to score 50 points in the paint every night. So you have to find other places to get offense. One place would be the three-point line. Indiana, as a program, this is the seventh season, I believe. They have not prioritized the three-point line. They have not prioritized shooting, whether it's in recruiting, whether it's in the way the scheme lines up. Archie Miller didn't do it. Mike Woodson does not seem interested in doing it either. And a lot of these three-pointers you get, you say, well, they they, they only made three of 13. Well, a lot of the ones they're taking are flat-footed, they're a guy catching it on the wing, not designed to take the three-pointer, but he's so open that he has to take it. You're not seeing plays run for shoot. They had one run for Galloway early in the game. He missed the three. He was wide open, though. They don't do that quite that often. You'll see a guy shift on a drive and maybe catch it and be like, well, I'm, I'm so open, I have to take this, or you'll see a pull-up. That's pretty much it. Both of Ware's three-pointers were, he was standing out there with a ball, and the guy was giving him so much room, he had to take them both, uh, The the ones that he made. And so I just don't see how we're this far in three years. Mike Woodson has seen the college game. He's talked about wanting to spread the offense out and we just don't see it. It's so paint focused. And when they face a team like this or a Michigan state or a Kansas that's big or whatever, it's incredibly easy to guard. They finished with 0.877 points per possession because it's not difficult to guard a team that can't shoot and a team that doesn't shoot. And so I don't know what it's going to take. They have more skill this year, like talent wise, pure talent wise, but nobody can hit open threes. Nobody's getting open threes. They're saying they're they're shooting more long twos than they are threes. And I just don't get it. I don't get what you're trying to do here, especially against a team like UConn. And and you just say it about UConn. You know, I know they just won the national title, so it's not a a huge. And again, they, they lost some guys, but they still have a ton of talent there. They're a better team. They're better coached. They have a better scheme and they have a better, as coach said, understanding of what they're doing. And that's why you lose by twenty points in this game when the other team didn't play its best for most of the game and then kind of put the hammer down late. But it never felt like Indiana was going to win this game. And and UConn was just the better
0: team by far. And right now they're a better program. Yeah. And they were without, you know, one of their most talented players also, Stefan Castle, which It's kind of been a theme for Indiana in these games with opponents missing, you know, some of their best players and Indiana still struggling. You know, coach, I thought, you know, we'll talk more about Khalil Ware and, and Malik Renu who had their challenges, but obviously they were still the most productive part of this Indiana team what we really saw today was just how far behind Indiana can be against really good teams in the backcourt, you know? And look, I think it's terrific that Xavier Johnson even played. I mean, given how scary that injury looked from a few days ago and some of the early rumors that were going around, you didn't know whether we'd see him for another month or two. So just seeing him back out there and mostly looking physically okay was great, but he did not play well. And it's tough to expect, you know, a, a great performance from a player who didn't practice, But, you know, in his 14 minutes, he gives Indiana four points, and he continues to struggle, I think, to kind of figure out his role offensively. He had one assist, two turnovers, a lot of aimless dribbling, um, and just not really able to kind of be the floor general type that we've seen from him. Trey Galloway, I thought, tried his best, you know, and and scored 10 points. But, you know, you see some of his offensive limitations. And without a guy like McKenzie Baco able to get going – the offensive options especially with that starting lineup are just so limited coach you know and so indiana as we talked about you know you're able to dominate inside against those other teams and make up for it but in this game you had to get some help you know some perimeter scoring and from that starting lineup i mean 16 points total from those three guys it's just not going to get it done against good teams you know and so they simply and is it a little unfair? Like, is Trey Galloway probably better served as a sixth man or an energy guy off the bench? Yeah. yeah. But this that's is the role he fault. has to play. Yeah. This is the role he has to play for this team, you know. And and right now, you're just you're not getting enough production, and that's probably the biggest area for growth, but also the biggest area for concern because there's no guarantee that it will grow or get better in any consistent way.
1: Yeah, you know the guard play has not been up to up to par uh, for for Indiana, and you have a six year senior who did not play well. And again, credit for him rehabbing and coming back, Um, and and maybe that had something to do with it. But you know he pushes off kind of hard there to get to third foul. He's got to be smarter that as a six year veteran, and that limited his playing time. And yet Indiana was only down seven until that point uh, the banner moment point uh where he turned it over he's got to realize he got a rebound in traffic uh and not go get, put the ball back behind his back half he's got to keep the ball in front those are things you expect from a six-year senior uh, and when you're not getting them um you know but th- the over use of the dribble in the indiana offense needs to be evaluated by the coaching staff it is one pass and dribble 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 trying to get an advantage there's one uh, and, and that this whole weave thing—that the weave is there to get a that. switch. It's there to get a switch against switching teams to get the matchup you want. So then you can drive. When teams aren't switching, there's no need to do the the weave. Uh, it and is unbelievable and that we so do it slow. when they're not switching. Yeah, they don't want um, it
2: hard. Like that's the whole point is you're supposed to drive hard at the other guy to do the handoff, as opposed to they just jog through it. And there's yeah, no switch. Just like it's, there's no need to switch. so
1: and there is, a, there is some false motion where you want to get guys yeah, moving really. in basketball. I get that, but that's real false motion. That's, we're not going to do anything for 10 seconds and then we're going we're gonna to go. Um, but the other one was there was an isolation on the wing. Then they kicked it out to Trey and then he isolated and then they kicked it out to someone else and then he isolated. Um, the ball didn't switch sides of the court. It was, everyone was driving from the right wing. And I think we got bailed out on a foul maybe on, on yes. that. I think on that um, position. So, yeah. Uh, those are the things that I question, uh, you know, we, I think you, you nailed it on the head, Ryan, when you said the reliance on skill over scheme, we're going to put skilled players in one-on-one situations or mismatches, and then the skills going to dominate and renew was unbelievable in the first half. Yep. Like he just took the ball. He was I going through two people and yeah, he was scoring when he should have been passing. He was an incredible freak of nature. But we don't have TJD consistently. We don't have Hood Shafino consistently, and I don't think Renew can do that. He had a really good matchup against Carabin, and I will give credit to Coach Woodson for utilizing that. Yeah. But really, um, if we if that's not there, we're we're down thirty points at the end of the yep. game. Uh, and and yeah, and so and he was it is an over reliance on skill, in yeah. in my opinion, uh, rather than. Than scheming and coming up with creative ways to get less skilled players in the best position to score the basketball that 100%. that's, uh, that's the concern is the creativity that's needed when you don't have five all-stars or two pros on your roster that like TJD and, and, and that, um, you got to be creative, and, and I'm telling you, I love that 45 cut that we've seen Wright State do, and that's on film now. They're going to back cut that nail guy if he's ball watching and it's he cut death. right behind him and put pressure on the, the rim and the slot defender like crazy once it's on film. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any adjustments or if it's just – maybe it is just the players not doing uh, doing the things right. But whatever it is, yeah, over-dribbling uh, to me is driving yeah. me a little, little batty. Yeah, the, I'm the shocked offense the seems coach. very
0: aimless on many yeah, possessions where are it just it's sh- not really discernible what they're trying to accomplish.
2: Yes, and and it's other other than when it's a straight post. Because we're not really even seeing pick and roll that much anymore. Like that, you know, I, I, maybe they're just not as good as it as, as Trace was and, and finding the gaps. But we're not even seeing that that much. It's a straight post, and it's screening for the post to get the post open so they can throw it into the post and let the post go to work. And it works notice so the word that wear. was used in all of that. Was post. It's yeah. so post focused and so paint focused that the other guys almost feel like they're out of the loop, and you'll see a cut every now and then. But they're basically standing around
1: waiting for someone to do something. And this is the third Only season we've seen that.
2: You know what I mean? The it's double. The watching.
1: Even in the post ups, a double doubles coming from the opposite winger from the point. It wasn't coming from the strong side. Yep. And there was a quick skip. Like TJD was really good at that last year. And, and maybe that's, that's just renew's got to get better back. at that. Yeah. Yeah. Renew so
2: threw, renew had a turnover on that.
1: He renew was a black hole, hole, but he was a good black hole because he was scoring. Yeah. But he was going to put that ball, and the guards were coming at him, and it was a late. Uh, I think only one time did they really skip it. But you could have you could have baited that double to come and thrown that skip again. We got to hit those shots, and we didn't hit them. So, uh, but things like that, I was waiting for the adjustments to happen, and and I don't think they did. Um, with with that yeah. that double and the way way we were being guarded.
2: Yeah, I, look, I know the defense is an issue. I thought the defense, while they were making mistakes for most of this game, they played much harder in this game. And it might be the competition, yes. the, the moment, whatever. They played a lot harder and they were recovering. You saw, yeah, Mbako is, is, and Jay Williams is 100% right. He's too straight up and down when he's playing defense. But he was at least trying to get back on most of those positions where he was out. I mean, there was one they highlighted where he kind of stopped playing after he got beat. But in general these guys were moving a lot better they were trying to you know and I guess it's you get more energetic when you're playing a top team like this and 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 so it wasn't great but it was an improvement the rebounding awful i mean well you know we'll get into that but the thing is is that even if all of that was perfect scoring 57 points against a top team ain't going to win you anything it just isn't and and so that to me well you need to defend you need to rebound the offense just doesn't give you a chance against top teams, in my opinion. And, and unless these guys can just out-talent everybody, that's what's going to happen. And last year, Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchifino out-talented people. And, and 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 so they covered up a lot of errors with the scheme. is, And then we heard the scheme's going to change. It's going to be different. We're going to spread it out. There's more movement. All of this. It looks exactly the same with different players. And those different players... While I believe they're more talented across the board, they're not better college basketball players at this point. And so that's exposing you against good teams, and it's going to expose you against big teams. And there are a lot of big teams in the Big Ten, and there's a lot of skill in the Big Ten. So you might be able to beat Northwestern with this, but against the top teams, the top half of the conference who you're trying to contend with, it's going to be real tough if this is how it looks and nothing changes.
0: Yeah. You know, Ryan, you mentioned the rebounding, and that is the last thing I want to mention here in segment one. It's just too important to save for inside the numbers. I mean, just the raw, <laughs> the raw rebounding numbers 44 total rebounds for UConn, 15 offensive rebounds. Indiana, 22 rebounds, four offensive rebounds. And coach, yeah. you know, with, one of the. With things a seven that, footer, too, you know, like. <clears throat> well, you know what? And and yes, I mean, you know, and Khalil Ware, he had eight, so he was he actually eight. the least he, of Indiana's. I'm not complaining problems. about him, I, I'm
2: just saying. You know, You think you know know who's next
0: highest on Indiana in rebounds team with five rebounds because Malik Renu is the next highest individual with three. And and coach, one of the things that we always like to look at is, okay, you know, when Coach Woodson makes a statement in the postgame press conference, clearly that's something he's thinking about is probably emphasizing privately as well. How is that executed? And one of the things that he talked about was how poor the guard rebounding was. And you saw it today. Xavier Johnson plays 14 minutes, gets no rebounds. Trey Galloway plays 36 minutes, gets one rebound. Mackenzie Mbacco plays 23 minutes, gets one rebound. CJ Gunn, who did a lot of good things, I thought, today, played 20 minutes, got one rebound. That, I think, is a little bit concerning, you know, for that to be an emphasis and to see no growth and improvement there. And it doesn't, you know, let Malik Renew off the hook for not getting more. But, you know, again, Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway are your leaders, you know, and they've got to step up and, and just do better in those situations. Now, are the guards going to make the biggest difference? No, but Indiana just needs incremental improvement in rebounding right now. I mean, they're so bad just in terms of attacking rebounds, not watching the ball while it's in flight. Um, it's a, you know, it's a massive concern. And, and again, when you're bigger than a lot of the teams that you face, as Indiana's been these first three games, you can still win. Against a team like UConn, you're going to get obliterated on the glass. And when you're not making threes and you're giving up that many rebounds, the math gets so
1: very hard. Very difficult to even compete. Yeah. Was it 16 to nothing second chance points? Uh, that's a concern on the defensive end. It's also a concern on the offensive end. But those two guys that got one rebound, they were in the first two minutes because I wrote them down. I was watching guard rebounding. And then I stopped after a little bit. But I wrote down Galloway got the first one and Mbaco got the second one. So it was an emphasis, but then it went away. Right. So, so maybe that one's on the players. Uh, if you know, early on, I, I, I did Gallo and and Baco got two of the first three rebounds and then nothing. So you have three of your uh, perimeters there that don't get a rebound from the two minute mark, 38 minutes left in the game. They, They don't get one rebound. And then, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking at the stats, but they said the guards were in there for UConn, either getting rebounds, offensive rebounds, or that, or then jamming the rebounder. They were they were somewhat active. Uh, I don't know how many of those were on. Cam defensive. Spencer
0: had five. Hassan Diaria had five. Two of them offensive. Uh, yeah, I mean, so they were getting rebounding production from their backcourt guys. Oh my God, Tristan yeah. Newton had um, eleven rebounds. He led them in rebounds. Yep. <laughs> so,
2: and had six assists. He almost had a triple double. He was <laughs> terrific. He was.
1: So yeah. So. That that that's a continuing issue for the Indiana Hoosiers.
2: Yeah, I, I think one more concern, and, and I'm sorry, I know you guys are going to talk about this in numbers, I'm sure, but but I got to get out of here. Obviously, after the opening segment for work, but uh, the one, the most concerning stat, other than the rebounds, for me is in the entire game, Indiana had six assists. Yeah, on 17 made field goals. Now, 17 made field goals is bad enough, but. Six assists. And, it's, and this also isn't a game where, well, you know, if they make a few more of their free throws, they're right in it. They were 20 of 28. I mean, that's 71%. You want to be better than that. But they made 20 free throws, you know, yeah. and got to the line. And so the concerning part is, in fact, everything else. But six <laughs> assists for a 40-minute game, that's that's rough. And, and that just means the ball is not moving. And it's not being spread around. And guys aren't sharing it. And it's a lot of... One on one ISO stuff. And that just, that doesn't win at the college level long term, man. You can get away with it a game here and there, but it's, it's, it doesn't win long term at the college level. Look at all the most successful teams. They run an offense where, Yes, they have skilled guys, but they put them in the best positions where they don't have to just beat you one-on-one. So that's, that's my big concern right now. And again, it's early in the season. You know, We're not, we're not out here saying this will never get better or this won't change or these guys can't develop or can't get better at rebounding and can't do this, can't do that. They can, but it's not very encouraging right now is what I would say given the mix of these players and what is trying to be accomplished on the court. It's real rough and it looks tough right now. And I understand why people are concerned.
0: Would you like to make any final statements before hopping off for good?
2: They got to be better than this. I mean, that's just straight up. They have to be better than this. And, and I think the coaches need to be better. I think the players need to be better across the board. I thought the effort was there that I have not ever had a problem aside from like maybe one or two games in Mike Woodson's era with guys, not playing hard. I think they play hard. I think they're, or they at least think they're playing hard. Nobody's you know intentionally dogging it. Um, the effort was there, but was the fight? That would be the no, no. Distinction that's you're that right. Make. That's that's a difference, and and there that is a distinction. I think fight also comes with confidence, and I don't think they're playing with yes. any confidence right now. I think and we lost so, our
0: belief we could win the game the last ten minutes, and that's why you saw what you saw.
2: I think they lost the belief they could win the game at halftime when they came out from halftime, and UConn did a few things to extend. Yeah, but the they lead. kept
0: battling back though. That's they the did they battle had a back. Couple stretches. They but did then the last 10 back, minutes, it was but, like,
2: phew. yeah, I think it did fall. apart. I think I honestly think Malik fouling out was the end. Uh, yeah, that, that sequence really. was they yeah. kept it a little. They kept it a little, you know, within arm's length there. But a lot of that was UConn missing shots. It wasn't, you know, Indiana fighting back as much. So, yeah, I, I just think that they play hard. They just don't play hard the way they need to. And And a few of these younger guys, like you expect struggles and you expect things like that. I'm not putting it on them. Um, I think this team just needs to be better. And I think that that's on everybody. It's the pro it's program wide. It's not just the players. Um, You know, if a coach continues to do the same things with these guys and they're not getting it, then he's got to look at himself too. And, and I just don't see in three seasons, what we're trying to do offensively other than throw it to your most talented player and hope he scores. Um, So I, I would hope that I'm wrong and I hope there's more, you know, juice to squeeze there, but, We'll see.
0: Ryan saying, I hope that I'm wrong. Okay. I do
2: hope I'm wrong here because I want to win, man. I want this program to win. I really like Mike Woodson, uh, and I think he does a lot of things right. I just We said uh,
0: Archie Miller needed an offensive coordinator for years, and I'm starting to feel that way about our current coach. No, and right. you don't even have USC football as a security blanket right now. Oh so, I mean, you're God. really kind well, of just let's out not there, there, out there pleased, struggling, you know. Way to uh, Jared! Also, when I
2: see him in person, he's gonna me give me a paper cut and pour lemon juice on it. Like just you know, <laughs> dump some salt on it as well when I'm not looking. I mean, the rest of um, us so are
0: watching Indiana football, so you know,
2: it's not I like watched that. Indiana football too. I get them both right now, Jared. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, just a disappointing performance. I, I, UConn is a fantastic team, a phenomenal program. Hurley's one of the better, best coaches in the country. And he had them ready to go. Uh, they played slow, but they ended up dropping the hammer on Indiana. And about 20 points is what I feel like the, the difference between these two teams was, maybe a little wider. Um, and, and guess what? Doesn't get any easier moving forward. So
0: Indiana better figure something out quick. I mean it may we may be playing Louisville tomorrow so that would be easier. Well I mean but, in general for the season yes no
2: Louisville, Louisville
0: may help uh but I know what you yeah. mean All right, right, guys. Thanks for being here, Ryan. Enjoy your Sunday. Uh, Everybody, we will remind you, go to assemblycall.substack.com. We have moved all of our content there. So all of our free content, like the watch page for our post-game shows and Assembly Call radio episodes, our free Six Banner Sunday news roundup, that's all there. Plus our premium content, like Tony Adranya's IU Film Room, Coach Tonsoni's Coach's Corner, It's all there. Go to assemblycall.substack.com. Sign up for free. And then if you decide that you want to get a premium subscription, we would love for you to do that as well. And we will do our best to make that a worthwhile investment for you. Okay, coach. Coming up, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 20-point loss to UConn, we'll point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed. Then go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. stickers.
3: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is Bridell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? A full-court dribble and a perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And, of course, celebrating with his nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers.
0: Thank you, Bradell. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU post-game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Ryan had to jump off. Uh, we are breaking down Indiana's loss to UConn, and it's the top of segment two, so you know what time it is. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Yes, Meaningful Moments You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans to learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans and to learn the details of their new raffle, uh, which is very exciting and you should consider joining. Visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Coach, for the meaningful moment, I want to highlight a few plays from CJ Gunn that I was encouraged by, uh, and I think you know a lot of a lot of disappointment coming out of this game. I think uh, it's fair to call CJ a bright spot, certainly defensively. You know, picking up four steals, and I thought being very active. I thought the the communication seems to be noticeably better when CJ is on the court. You know, he and Trey in particular seem to have really good chemistry defensively. You know, and I know the three point shooting is going to be the thing that jumps out to people. He went 0 for 3 from 3. And, you know, that's the number one thing we need him to bring. And so it's always going to be incomplete without that. But I thought there were some other signs offensively from CJ that I was really encouraged by. And basically, it was his willingness to just go find a way to get involved offensively. And there were three moments in particular that really stood out to me. One, when it was 26 to 15 in the first half, it was another one of those points where it kind of felt like things were teetering early. And, you know, CJ just cut to the middle. I don't think it was a set play. I think he just saw an opening, cut to the middle, got, you know, a nice little pass from Trey Galloway, got fouled uh, and hit two free throws. And it was just a way to get involved in the offense, do something, you know, instead of just kind of standing around the three point line. Um, Another moment I mentioned uh, in the banner moment, you know, which is when Indiana was down 35 to 21. He had missed two threes. I thought the misses looked better, which I know is a weird thing to say, but they were more online. They weren't, you know, the bricks that we've seen from him. And he was undeterred, you know, Indiana needs offense. He goes and gets the ball, hits that little mid range jumper, you know, that cut it to 12 and was a huge play. And then uh, there was another play uh, a little bit later in the second half um, where, yeah, it was 54 to, to 43. Again, IU reeling CJ with a nice back cut. Anthony Walker fouled him. He got fouled. And so, you know, on a day when so much wasn't going right for the perimeter scorers, I was impressed that even though CJ's number one thing wasn't going, the three point shooting, and he's got to get that going. And I think he's getting better with more playing time and getting into a rhythm with games. His ability to find ways to just produce anyway. I mean, this team just needed points. So CJ scoring seven points on seven shots, that was more efficient than most of what we were getting from other people. And I thought he really showed if you're just active and have energy. And have some confidence in yourself to go make something happen, good things happen. you know And I kind of feel like if more people had brought that competitive focus to the game for 40 minutes, this would have been a, a could have been a little bit of a different outcome. I don't think Indiana wins, but I don't think they lose by 20. Um, and so I, I was personally very impressed by what I saw from CJ today and feel like it was a real building block performance against a good opponent that he can build confidence from moving forward.
1: Yeah, I, I thought C.J. played well. Obviously not perfect if we go back and, and watch the tape. Uh, but I, I do love his activity, even late. Uh, I know Coach Hurley wasn't happy with him trapping when they were just trying to run out the, the ball. But I thought the possession, even before that, is a telltale sign for a coach. You're down 20 uh, at the back end, and he gets a steal and a layup uh, late. Uh, but, yes, I thought his energy on defense was his best. I, I thought his – confidence in taking shots is one step closer to being able to hit the shots it it looked like he he wasn't uh thinking too much about whether he should shoot or whether he you know should pass the ball he just caught and and shot so i think i've said long long time uh, a lot i've just said he's going to be good whenever he's ready You could say the same thing, you know, Cups had a a struggle today. Those guys play the game the right way. They may not be technically ready to play, you know, 25, 30 minutes or contribute 10 to 15 points a game or whatever you need to win yet. They will in some games and other games they won't. That'll that'll be that fluctuation. But when that light bulb clicks for CJ, he will really be a productive member of this Indiana Hoosier team. We've just said the earlier the better for this year's team because as we see, we we need that. But I I think – Two things. I think you get started on defense; your offense comes uh, along. If, if you're worried about your offense, that's generally when your defense struggles. And CJ was uh, a bright spot today for your Indiana Hoosiers.
0: You know, a couple of other moments that jump out are, are with Mackenzie and Baco, who continues to struggle to get himself going. You know, and I agree with Ryan. I think the last two games he's played harder. There's been more effort. It just you know, sometimes with young players, coach, you also just look for little things that are going to show you the guy's IQ, right? You know, like for example, basketball IQ, you know, Ant Wright, um, you know, does his, you know, little, his film breakdowns on Indiana, you know, and he focused on one of CG on Gabe cups and the way that he, you know, kind of keeps his defensive triangle, you know, by, you know, being, you know, moving his feet and staying within the right distance between his man and the ball, just some of those little things. And I think some of the things that we've seen with McKenzie and Baco, I mean, in addition to struggling to get himself going offensively, he'll make decisions that just leave your head, you know, really leave you scratching your head. You know, he threw a post entry into Khalil Ware at one point in the second half and then cut right into the lane and brought his man into the lane with Khalil Ware, where clearly he needs to be staying out and helping to space the floor as a shooter. You know, and and we saw him, you know, just on defense, consistently, you know, lose cutters and kind of lose where he is on the court. And so, you know, is that a guy who's just struggling to focus for 40 minutes or is it a guy who really struggles kind of thinking through the game at this stage in his career? I don't know. We haven't seen him play enough yet. But, you know, some of those things without the ability then to find opportunities to shoot and just get some kind of production You know, I mean, he was out there today for 23 minutes and only produces two points, is 0 for 3 from the field, and just doesn't do much else, you know, and I, you know, no one cares at this point, whether you're five stars, three stars, whatever, you just got to go produce and play basketball, you know, we're now four games into the season. And, you know, there's plenty of concerning signs about his readiness to produce as a freshman, and he would not be the first freshman to struggle with the transition. So I don't think it's necessarily an indictment of him. The problem is coach, the formula for the season included him being a prominent part of the offense and a prominent scoring weapon yeah. and he is an afterthought at best right now and I think there's reasons you know to to hold him accountable for that um, you know and also reasons to think that maybe the offense could do more to help get him going for a guy who clearly doesn't have any comfort level right now with
1: what he's supposed to do offensively. Or, or, or defensively. Let let yeah. me clean up one thing. That When you enter the post and cut through the lane, that's called a Laker cut. Indiana does a lot of that. Trey Galloway does that. that that's by design. That wasn't a mistake by Mbaco. So there's our, a lot of yeah. other things. Yeah, well, okay, th- they so. do a lot of that. They They cut through. Now, if he stopped the cut, uh, and clogged up the lane. I don't. I don't remember that play. But they, you cut through um, the basket trying to draw the the dig down from the strong side away. But they, you know, they weren't doing that. They were coming from the other side. So maybe it was yeah, uh, maybe. A I need to look up. at it that's it. Called, all I know is
0: his defender yeah. crowded
1: where. So <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you do that. The thought then is to dump it into Membaco Mendo- on a cut. If they if they double team, yeah. you should have an opening or draw help to kick out. Um, yeah. But he is his um, understanding of basketball is as low as I can remember a guy with his accolades coming in. Um you know, the second highest recruit in, in Indiana history and he needs a lot of work to understand where he is offensively and where he is defensively uh, as well. That's I know they run that double stagger. I love that double stagger action. That will be a positive. They try to get him on a curl. I think they ran it twice tonight, but for a guy of that caliber, you got to run a lot more stuff for. You've said it right all along that You got to get them going offensively and maybe the other stuff will come then, Um, especially with a a young man who is as talented and offense is kind of where people kind of feel their worth. You you know, I think you got to kind of get them going a a little bit, but they only ran net twice. I love that action. But, yeah, he, he doesn't um, – his, his stance – on-ball stance got better the last two games. I thought yes. his ball pressure was on-ball stance. But his ability to understand the switching, the ability to understand back cuts and, and the help, and then the, and he's constantly not in the right spot for the, the sets that Indiana does run. Uh, you constantly see X and Trey telling them where to go. And I think there was one, that little cross-screen action at the bottom – or the guard cuts through, he came off that. I'm not sure he was supposed to, supposed to be there. So it, it it clogs up. And and then the collective effect, we've talked about this texting that when you have, I think that's part of the reason why X and Trey are are struggling right now, because they're trying to take care of so many people. Yeah. and when you're on the basketball floor you have to do your job you can't do four people 's jobs and the credit to trey and X right now is they're pointing people out and I think that's why on the defensive end those guys are getting driven because they're worried about tele- communicating on the switch they're worrying about getting Ambbacco in the right spot on offense they're doing that and then it's 15 12 seconds left in the shot clock and then it has to go into that dribble dribble stuff so uh, not putting the blame on this for Ibacco just analyzing this young man is skilled and talented and for Indiana to be successful and get in the tournament, he's going to have to score double figures that's on him to get better and to understand and to watch film and and to be a sponge, to get better. It's on the coaching staff to find a way to make that happen, uh, whether it's running sets or not. But he has been um, a disappointment from production uh, on the court for Indiana with what you expect for someone that highly uh, recruited. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any other moments for you, Coach, that jumped out that you
1: want to highlight? There's there's just one, you know, and, and we're harping on the negatives. This was a positive. I, I saw a real good switch by Cups and, and Renew. When they're switching one through four, uh, Cups got on um, Caravan or someone and immediately was being waved down to the post to post Cups up. And Renew saw that, heard that, and immediately talked to Cups, and they switched real quick. Like, those two guys – uh, I think our bright spots, you know, physically cups was, uh, overmatched uh, tonight and will be in some, but that was a great, uh, commun- communication out there, uh, in, in the first half. I wrote that down because those are the little things when you watch on film as a coach, you're like that's, that's smart basketball that, uh, it, it wasn't an on ball switch or anything. It's just a disadvantage. And they switched real quick and stopped an action that they were going to have the mouse in the house with Gabe uh, posted up. I I thought that was really good. I do wonder a little bit about the – I know they're switching one through four. They did it a little less with Renew in the second half, so they might have made an adjustment. But why are our fives getting out on point guards? Um, Sparks filed a three-point shooter. Ware got a foul reaching in on on a guard. And then later on there was a three hit when the five – I think it was Sparks again – I'm not sure Indiana's supposed to be switching the five onto the. Maybe it was an emergency switch and they had to. Uh, so that happens sometimes. Uh, you know, you have to um, get get that done. So um, that that was a, a concern that maybe we got to go back and look at and see why those those things happen. But it, it, it smacks that something didn't work well on the ball. So the fives then in emergency had to switch out. So there's a there's a lot of components of guarding that have yeah. to work. Together, in order to uh, to get things stopped. Well, think about what that does, Coach. That takes your rim protection away from the basket. It takes your best rebounders away from
0: the basket, and those guys aren't often used to guarding out there. I mean, Peyton Sparks, you know, picks up that foul on the three pointer. The guy got him off balance. Yes, he needs to be more disciplined. He's also not used to doing that very often in games. You know, it's kind of an unnatural, you know, kind of basketball action for him. Same thing with Kalel; He gets out there. He doesn't have the foot speed. He's using his hands. And so he's picking up some of those reach-in fouls. So, yeah, it's certainly you would not want to do that by design um, because that's just setting your defense up to for some big-time problems. All right, let's go inside the numbers, Coach. Our Inside the Numbers segment this season brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and Chat Mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334. Once again, more three-pointers in the name than we made in the game. That is not a good formula as we talk about Inside the Numbers. But call 812-339-3334 or visit jacksonhewitt.com. Uh, to learn more, you know, coach, we already talked about the rebounds. Ryan brought up the assists, um, you know, in Indiana with six assists and 12 turnovers. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, this team, if you're not going to rebound and you're not going to make threes, you cannot turn the ball over. And so when those three things happen, you get, you know, this kind of output where Indiana only takes 45 field goal attempts. Meanwhile, UConn takes 56, you know, and the the free throw numbers were very similar. Um, and you're just not going to beat good teams, giving them, especially good shooting teams, giving them that many shots. The guy that I want to talk about here, coaching stats is Khalil Ware, um, who, you know, 11 points, five of six in the free throw line. That's good. Two of four from three point range. That's good. I thought some of the little, you know, uh, you know, ball screens that they ran out top in the first half, they had that little sequence where that was kind of working, you know, and he was able to get some of those threes. So that was good. But then, you know, obviously you break down those numbers, Khalil 0 for 6 on two-point field goals. It was a big question coming out of those first three games. Can Khalil wear be this guy? Um, you know, and today, against similar level of size in Donovan Klingon, he was unable to do it, you know, when he got the ball uh, down low. Now, was he fouled on some of those? Yes. And it wasn't called, and that's fine. But that's the difference in games like this. There are going to be games where they're allowing a lot more contact. You have to be able to play through it. You know, and, and he just wasn't really able to do it. So, you know, overall, I think Khalil's been a very good player. And heck, you know, when you get more rebounds than, you know, double the rebounds that anybody else got, you know, you, you, you did some good work there. Um, but this is and has always been the limitation of trying to run things through these two guys, Malik and, and Khalil. They're terrific players, but they need help. They're just not going to be able to dominate every game. And, you know, Malik was seven of nine from Malik. But you're just not going to – you're not going to win many games with Kilo going 0 for 6 from two-point range.
1: Yeah, he um, – you know, and, and you got to think about where he is best positioned. You know, Renew is really good with his back to the basket. Um, you know, do you bring out where and let him shoot threes and let him face up, you know, that you get that high post catch and where they've isolated him or – You go on that little Zoom action, Chicago handoff, he keeps it and goes. You know, he might not, against true size, be able to post up uh, as strong. And I thought he went strong, and then all of a sudden it got in his head a little bit. I I have no questions about his motor. I thought he played really, really, really hard um, tonight. And so I'm very pleased uh, with Khalil Ware. I just thought when he got a couple blocked, it got in his head, which happens to the best of of players. I, I think that has been a great addition. I think Coach Woodson has really worked wonders with him, and I think you'll see more. Uh, opportunities for him he's going to be better at two against people he can just score over or or go through with the shoulder but he had no room to operate and he was out uh muscled uh by the strength of of Kling and, and and that'll happen uh so yep. you know i think we can still be very very confident in all these guys but really confident in where well ladies and gentlemen we have a special treat live from new york
0: it's josh pause making his debut on the assembly call here on the post game show josh Thanks for being here, man. What were your thoughts? You were in the arena, correct? Glad
3: I I was. I was in Madison Square Garden. Me and Emma were there. It was a frustrating second half. I think when the game turned, I don't know if you guys talked about this already, We just ended the presser, when the game turned was about 12 and a half minutes left is when Indiana had a great defensive possession. Siege Gun played probably the best defense he's played in his uh, his short time in Indiana so far. Yeah. And Xavier Johnson, and, and Mike Woodson said this, he didn't just hold the ball. He tried to go, 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 and that turned into four points for UConn. And Indiana didn't recover since it was a great atmosphere. Though can't complain yeah. there.
0: What else stood out? You know, just in terms of observations of individual players, or you know, what was the most notable to you being there in the arena?
3: What I noticed today, Jared, was that Mackenzie and Baca was much better defensively. Uh, yes, he had that lapse at the start of the second half, but he was much much in much more into the game uh in the first half second half he didn't get the minutes that he he probably deserved in my opinion he got more minutes than he has in in the first three games of the season but he was pretty good defensively
1: hmm.
0: okay very nice very nice well i asked you in- josh um yeah, go. I,
1: I asked you just real quick, did you see anything off the ball about the wing rebounding? When you, you you and I texted this morning, I asked if you could watch that. Sometimes that's not caught on camera. You know, we fought the camera follows the ball, and then you see the guy get the rebound, you don't see anything. What were your thoughts on the off-ball rebounding as Indiana's out rebounded 44 to twenty two in the, the numbers segment here?
3: Well, not only was the camera caught ball watching, the guards were as well. <laughs> they were very, very poor. Um Trey Galloway even said he goes one rebound's not good enough for me and he said for everybody and in with, with the intensity of Xavier Johnson I think he only had what was it 13 minutes played today he, that he brings that energy he he pushes those guys to rebound and and more into get more into the game not just watching the ball and his absence was very much present in that in when he wasn't on the floor it was it was rough to watch defensively
0: all righty uh josh can you stick around do some game balls and who's your hustle with us oh, yeah. cool yep. um all right coming up on the assembly call we are going to hand out our game balls and who's your hustle award and we'll discuss some lingering questions because there are many lingering questions uh coming out of this game and then we'll look ahead to what indiana has coming up tomorrow that is all next on the assembly call stick with us
2: What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game.
0: Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go, Hoosiers! Thank you, Devante. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and Josh Paz, our student intern who is helping us cover both the men's team and the women's team this season. He was there live at Madison Square Garden, so very happy to have him here with us here as we come down the stretch of today's show. It is time now for our Game Balls, presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. Contact Bloom Environmental today, mention Assembly Call, and get a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. That is bloomenviro.com. Coach, let's go to you first. Who gets your game ball?
1: It's got to be Malik Renew. Uh, I thought he just played outstanding. I think we're obviously going to look at his points uh, for that for this award, but I thought also You know, I thought he was really good defensively for the most part. There were a couple switches, like I said. I I think whether it was he or the scheme, whatever, up top on the the 4-1 ball screen that he wants back probably. But I just liked his poise and his ability to just put the ball on the ground and go. And, And we've seen that he is the offensive identity when Indiana needs some points. Well, today he put Indiana on his back. It didn't work out, but for 30 minutes, it kept Indiana within seven points. Without that, it would have been uh, a blowout earlier. I I just really think he is is playing really good basketball. I thought he did today. Obviously, the fouls uh, accumulated late. He kind of got a tough one at that moment that you and Josh both mentioned, that key moment when he was just trailing the play and kind of got caught up uh, for for that foul. So that – That's still something he has to work out. But I was really pleased with his performance on the big stage.
0: Yeah. And look, you'd like to get more than one assist from him, you know, better than a one to three assist turnover ratio. You'd like to get more than three rebounds. The fouls have been better. You know, his foul rate has been much better coming into today. And today he kind of reverted back to some old habits and got caught in tough situations. But it's clear. I mean, the offense is pretty much rudderless when he's not out there. He is the guy that Indiana runs things through. And that. You know, everybody seems more comfortable when he's on the court. And I'll add three blocks and a steal. He was by far the most active Indiana defender, just in terms of being disruptive. Well, in addition to CJ Gunn, who I'm sure we'll talk about in the next segment. So my vote is for Malik as well. Josh, do you want to add anything on Malik, or maybe toss in? I don't really know who else you would give it to. Honestly, there is is
3: nobody else. Maybe the fans in the first half. It was like elite eight.
0: Yes, the fans for for traveling. traveling. That's right.
3: It was awesome. Yeah, but Malik was really good in those those chippies is what we used to call them, the the, the the short, the baby hooks. He struggled with that last year, and he struggles with it a lot. He's, he was very efficient in that low block area and getting himself open. The one thing I have, like you mentioned, Jared, the turnovers, he, we were so used to Trace Jackson Davis being able to retreat, dribble out, and, and find someone. He tried, tried to do that a couple times, and he almost took the head off of a UConn defender uh, in the process. Um, just throwing errant passes. So that really needs to be fixed because there was a stretch where UConn was missing. I, I think they missed like three threes in a row in a nine-point game or 11-point game and Indiana had three turnovers in a row.
0: Yep. All right, so Malik gets it. Updated totals for the season. This includes the exhibition games. Khalil Ware currently leading with three. Malik has two and McKenzie Mbako and has one. All right, next up, it is time for the Hoosier Hustle Award.
3: Hi, this is Anthony Leal, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business, from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either. But it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 247 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit SecurityPro247.com to learn more. That's SecurityPro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sent saying
0: All right, thank you, Anthony. Well, let's give out our hustle award. Uh, I'm giving it to CJ for all the things that I've said already in the show. I don't need to go into it more. Uh, I just thought his energy was terrific. I could see maybe an argument for Trey Galloway, but I think it would be hard to go with anybody but CJ. Josh, why don't you uh, toss your vote in next? Yeah, it's got to
3: be CJ Gunn. Trey Galloway kind of uh, was non-existent. I mean, negative twenty in the plus-minus today. That
0: he hustled, that, though. That I mean, that earn. was the thing. Like yeah. Trey tried. He yeah. just wasn't very productive.
3: He tried. He just wasn't. He just wasn't good enough for his standards, and he said it in the press conference. So it's yes. got to be CJ Gun. Um, one thing I did notice. Uh, towards the end. I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast. Uh, Dan Hurley was upset with Mike Woodson for not putting in his bench when C.J. Gunn and uh, someone else came to trap with about 20 seconds left and had to, he had to burn a timeout. So C.J. Gunn playing to the final horn. Of course Dan Play Hurley. 40 he,
0: minutes. I am so sick of people complaining character. about stuff like that. It,
3: especially like the thing we learned is that it has to be the losing team's coach that kind of waves the white flag. And then you put your subs in. So don't expect the the team that's, that's losing a good point. by 20 to if they're not going to take their subs out, or they're going to put their walk-ons in, then you can say, okay, why are you pressing? But you're not, you're, you're not, they're not giving up and you kind of are the one that gave up before. So yes. that's my one, that's my one gripe about today.
1: Uh, Coach, who you gets your hustle award? Uh, it's CJ gun. I, I just thought that he tried to lock in defensively good stance, good hustle, good speed, got a few deflections, uh, hit a couple shots. Uh, obviously we're all going to focus in on his offensive side of the game. And we want those three pointers because we desperately need outside shooting, but CJ has made steps, I think in the right state game. And then he followed it up, uh, with this got 20 minutes and I really, I really like the way he plays. So, uh, that's two in a row for me. He didn't get it. Um, Uh, against Wright State, but uh, I'm glad that he followed it up with another effort that was worthy of of votes, and now he gets the Hoosier Hustle Award. Congratulations, CJ. Keep it up. Knock down some shots.
0: Yeah. No, he was a bright spot. Walker has two. Cups has two. Ware has one. Gunn has one. Again, including uh, the exhibition games there. Okay. Well, it is time for lingering questions. The first lingering question is, who will Indiana be playing tomorrow? in the third place game of the Empire Classic. And uh, we need to sound an alarm here. Louisville beating Texas right now, 29 to 28 at the moment. As I look at this, I don't know how updated the score is, Uh, but I think everybody's expecting Texas to kind of win that one going away. And perhaps they still will. Uh, But that is the big question. Who is Indiana playing? Uh, I think from a bracketology perspective, coach, you would love to see Texas lose that game and then get an opportunity to play them because it projects as a more valuable game than Louisville. From a get back to winning perspective, it seems like Louisville would be the better opponent because they're the team Indiana's more likely to beat. Although can't take anything for granted with the way the team is playing right now.
1: Uh, what what what's your preferred outcome for who Indiana plays tomorrow? Uh, I, going into it, you want to play Texas uh, r- right now. I think it might be more important to try to get a win. I, I'm not sure how much you can correct in 24 hours and go out tomorrow at 4:30 with you know different players understanding more or the scheme changed. And you're not going to do it. You're going to scout and have a walkthrough later tonight in, in the ballroom and all of that. Uh, so I'm not sure what's more important: build your resume by playing Texas and just getting that on the. The or on the net, I should say, or trying to get out of New York, fly home with some positive, you know, vibes, and then put some time into working for, for the Harvard game before you go into the next tough stretch. Like this team has a lot of work to do yeah, for players and, and, and what the coaches, staff wants to accomplish and how they want to get it done. So I want to say Texas, but my head now says uh, Louisville play their game of their life and come up close uh, and, and then leave it in Madison Square Garden tonight and have Indiana win by 20 tomorrow. And, and I, I think this team needs some feel-good. I, I just see a disconnected team trying hard to do the right things. They're not finding success. The, the body language is not great. Uh, and I think it's not um, on purpose. None, none of this is. These guys want to win just as bad as anyone else, but it gets frustrating when you're not playing – the way you want to play, or the way Coach Woodson wants you to play, and you just you play Texas tomorrow and one day turnover, and if it doesn't, if you don't get that done against them, now that's kind of some negative stuff building uh, momentum. So uh, that's a that's a crappy answer, but um, no, that's a good that, answer. That's that's the way I'm feeling. Josh, think about what your big lingering question is, because I'm curious,
0: Coach. Let me ask you one more, which is yep. if I said that. You know, my hypothesis for what this team could do right now to maybe shake things up would be put CJ Gunn in the starting lineup, move McKenzie Mbako to the second unit. Reason being, Gunn and Galloway have better chemistry defensively, and Gunn right now is a guy who seems to be finding a comfort level as a complementary scorer, you know, finding ways to, you know, to produce points. Whereas Mbako, it really feels like he needs to just get some volume of shots going. And when that second unit plays, there's really no one to go to offensively. Um, you know, and, and a guy like Gabe Cups really struggles. He's not a guy who's gonna go create points, but he can make good players better. So could he maybe help get McKenzie and Baco some looks that gets Mbako going? And you you know, and again you know, this is just who starts and how you would stagger in the first half. And then, of course, the second half, you know, things may change, you know, based on how the game is going. But I kind of wonder if that little tweak wouldn't put everybody in a better position for where their games are right now. Um, and maybe you could help get Mbako unlocked while also answering some of the big offensive questions with that second unit, because it comes in and you're like, where are they supposed to score? You know, well, you know, maybe the guy who is the purest shooter on the team, that's a place for him to get some some shot volume going. So I don't think it'll happen. I just think I think it might make some sense
1: right now based on where the team is. I, I think it makes a lot of basketball sense. I, I think you're spot on from a basketball sense, but sometimes you gotta see, you know, bigger picture and, and we're running a marathon here, uh not a sprint. And so without knowing how that would affect uh, Mbaco's approach or CJ's approach? I think you don't want to be too reactionary to a 22-point loss to the fifth-ranked uh, team, who's defending champions, who's been with Coach Hurley for a while, uh, and it was really a seven-point game. You're, you're, I mean, there's a lot of things that not excuses, but with the foul trouble of your two, your point guard and your and your best scorer, that that's where it stretched out. I, I think you don't want to overreact now. But from a basketball standpoint, if this is what is going to do, you're going to have to do something, right, Uh, if it's not just sitting them down, talking to them and that. But uh, I don't know what his mental makeup is. Is it too early to, to take a benching? So a lot of times, coaches, there are great basketball things to do. Yeah. But you got to think of the bigger picture. Um, you know, I, I think I've even said this on a show before. When it comes to starting lineups, my staff, uh, we had won uh, a regional game and we were going to play a team that was really big in a semi-state. And the suggestion was to take our point guard out because he was five seven, five eight. And I said we've won all year with him. Like we're not going to, we're not going to take him out now. We'll take him out earlier. Maybe he only gets a minute or minute and a half but we're not going to do that because I think that just upsets the whole preparation uh, of your team. Uh, So there are things where I think I would do that at some point in the next three or four games. If this is the production level, Uh, there has to become a responsibility of production uh, to earn a starting spot. So I think that has to be on the table. I'm not sure this is the right time to do it in the, in between games. And this is where, as we always say, you know, we come on here and talk about stuff fully admitting we know
0: about 5%. (laughs) You know, we can see the little the little iceberg peeking out over the water and then there's all the stuff underneath it. And so I would not second guess Mike Woodson if he doesn't do that. It does just seem like something that would make sense based on what we've seen. Josh, what is your biggest lingering question as we look toward the immediate future of this Indiana basketball team?
3: Okay, I don't know if you guys can hear the uh, emergency alarms behind me outside because that's (laughs) been going on for the last (laughs) I've been here 24 hours, I think. <laughs> um, but I'm going to sound the alarm on Anthony Walker at this point. It, it, mm-hmm. he's, he's an experienced guy that just is not playing very well. Um, non-existent when he's on the floor, you almost don't notice him. He played 12 minutes tonight. Um, his free throw percentage or his free throw shooting was abysmal tonight. Uh, three for six, he's getting to the line, which y- you can respect, but he's not converting. He's one for three. And then defensively, um, I don't want to say liability, but he has been very rough. and And when he's on the bench, he's not really a uh, a guy that'll try to boost morale on the bench and, and get his teammates going. It's kind of uh, I saw on the broadcast or something. I think it might have been on the video board at the arena. He's just sitting there, kind of shoulders down and and the body the body language, like you said, coach, has just what today about five minutes left, and then going into that under four timeout, it was just. Shoulders down, everybody just what was me and, and not a, not a focused mentality. So Anthony Walker uh, is my biggest lingering question because there's potential there, but we haven't seen that yet. And I'm, I'm, I want Indiana going back to like Louisville or Texas, which I think Texas has the lead again. Um, uh, that's a game where everybody needs confidence if you're going to play Louisville uh there's there's so many opportunities throughout the year not only in the conference slate but in the non-conference slate for Indiana to get a resume building win this is one of those confidence building wins if they can get one tomorrow
0: that's a really interesting one coach i think anthony walker has been probably the most surprising player through four games um you know he's, he's a guy that and he was brought in here to play defense and kind of provide veteran leadership you know, and, and not really known as an offensive guy. And it really seems like he's come in and he's kind of hunted shots and you could say like, hey, maybe he's just trying to give the offense a shot in the arm and do something, but it really seems like he's playing outside of his role and he's not giving the defensive boost that you would expect. You know, and and, and look, this is this is a problem for a, a team with a lot of young guys trying to find roles. That's a problem enough. But it also feels like the veterans are all still kind of tr- struggling to figure out exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And that, you know, is it's a difficult thing when you don't really know who you can count on and what they're gonna do from game to game, you know, outside of a couple of guys. Um but yeah, Walker has been disappointing, I think, in his ability to to impact things in a positive way.
1: There there may have been a reason he he got around ten minutes as a fourth year senior on a Final Four team at Miami. Um, we, we may be witnessing some of those, uh, and maybe it was something else, but he has, uh, he has been, uh, very disappointing and the, and if you're for subs coming off the bench, if you're hunting shots, that's not the way to get help your team. Take the shots are that a are shooter? there within the offense. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but I mean, he, yeah, he's not. He hasn't right. been productive with that. Four games worth. I mean, I was surprised after the two exhibition games. This is why we shouldn't pay attention to the exhibition game. I thought he was a bright spot after two exhibition games. And then, you know, missing assignments uh, on, on defense. So there, there's a young man that needs to, to figure it out. There is an issue with playing 10 guys. Uh, I don't care, and that's not a criticism of Coach Woodson. That is any coach in college, if you talk to him, there is a struggle to find the right amount of minutes for everyone to keep everyone happy. I think eight is perfect, nine is in an emergency situation, but that's something that we have to watch going down the stretch if you can play 10 people. And, and, you know, if I'm a guy like Caleb Banks and and I see a guy getting transferred in and – He's had four games of struggle, and he's called off the bench before I'm uh, called off the bench. I know I had an injury, but those are things that are you got to manage as a coaching staff and explain explain away. Uh, you should root for your teammates to do well, and and not hope that they don't. But man, that right now there's a little bit of disconnect with the Indiana Hoosiers with 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 body language and and the communication. We've all talked about the lack of communication uh, on the defensive side. They're not executing. Again, whether you like Coach Woodson's offense or defense or not, the players aren't executing it. And and some of that has to be on the players. Not not everything's just on Coach Woodson. Uh, you know, yes, he has to get them to this certain level, but Walker is a great lingering question. Um, and, and then, too, is like I like how Sparks plays, but there are matchups. I thought playing against Klingen would be a good matchup for him, but I think you're going to have to find some matchup things with him. I'm not sure he can play uh, athletically with some of the college teams. Um uh, as much the, those are just a couple things that 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 I've seen and, and we just have a lot of players right now that are playing below their base level I think and and not even what we needed was some of these players to play above their base level and, and to their potential in order to be as good as we can there's plenty of time so we're all disappointed in the loss a lot of negativity today but we're just commenting on this game this game is bad uh you know there were good pieces in a bad game they do have the ability to go above their base level and play a little bit above all of these players. Uh, I think renew and Ware are probably the only two that have been very, very, very consistent with Trey Galloway a third, but you bring up a good point, Josh, about, about Walker. He, he needs to play better or, or he's going to re- see some re- or should see some reduced time.
0: All right, well, we wait. the winner of Texas-Louisville. Currently Texas up four now uh, with about one minute left in the first half. Do either of you guys know exactly what time the game is going to be? I think it's like 3.30. Is it 4.30 or 3.30 Eastern?
3: Central, 4.30
0: Eastern. 4.30 Eastern, okay, 3.30 Central. So we will obviously have a post-game show for you um, as soon as that one is done, uh, and we'll just wait to see who the opponent is. Uh, make sure that you check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 or Black Friday if it's still going on, because that gets you 20% off. Go to homefieldapparel.com uh, and check out everything they have, the best apparel company, college apparel company in the world. Uh, all right, guys, it is time for last call. Let's get some closing thoughts. Josh, your final thoughts on a disappointing IU performance in the Empire Classic.
3: It was disappointing, but I, was, I saw a lot of promise in the first half. I saw a team that was playing well with a top five team in the country. Um, They were playing back and forth. Um, The Indiana crowd was fantastic, and and we saw this in all three home games. The crowd kind of wills Indiana to victories. Um, It didn't happen today, but they they didn't feed off the crowd as much as they have in the first three games of the year. I know it was a, a neutral site for them um i just think that if they're going to be a better team in the future not even just tomorrow the guards have to one stay out of foul trouble like we saw with Xavier Johnson today and two slow down because the transition turnovers were very very alarming to me and it needs to be fixed immediately
0: yeah, that's something we didn't talk about. I meant to mention actually early and meaningful moments. As Indiana had two transition opportunities early in the game, and like Trey Galloway made a bad pass on one of them, we fumbled away another one. We have too much trouble scoring to not capitalize on those. That's a great point, Josh. We have that's to capitalize job. on those opportunities. No doubt about it, Coach. Last call.
1: Yeah, I- I'm gonna second what Josh said about the. There was a lot of fun watching in this team in the first half, even though they, as they got down, I thought they had some fight to them. I liked the defensive intensity, even if there were defensive uh, issues at some point. Uh, I, but then the second half, it just kind of snowballed and got away with with foul trouble. Our guards, our senior guards in, in in Trey and X, have to play better, and it's not just scoring. They have to get us in offense. They have to take care of the ball on a, on a fast break. Our shot selection is poor, I think, and I think it's poor because we're over trying. You know, talk, uh, talk about a negative, but which is kind of a positive. Guys are driving the lane and trying to shoot over two people. One of them seven two, and they're just throwing stuff up instead of playing off two feet, kicking the ball out and one, or one more, one more around and and shooting the ball. We saw one of those shots when Ware hit one, I think in the exhibition, one of the last shots of the exhibition where that ball went into the lane and then it got kicked all the way around. We don't see that an awful lot. We see one pass, dribble, and fling a shot. Um, a lot of hunting of shots, and that that's not. Negative of the players, they just want to win, and they're trying to win. Have an eight-point possession every time you know we have the basketball. They got to trust their teammates. They got to trust the system a little bit more on, on offense. I think our defense, as bad as it's been against three-point, the effort is always going to be there. I'm more concerned right now about offense uh, and the variety of scoring and the variety of of things that we're running. But there's a lot of time. Someone said this in the chat. We got boat raced in, in Vegas in the first week, December 10th, December 11th. We followed it up with a, a not-so-good performance at Kansas, and then we righted the ship and were, were, was able to get a four seed. So Coach Woodson has shown that he's been able to you know, maximize those things. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this was a disappointing day, part of the process, Get back in the gym tomorrow, win a game, then get back in Bloomington and go to work. Both the coaching staff needs to make some adjustments and the players need to make some adjustments to maximize this team. But it's, it's early. Be disappointed in today, everyone, rightfully so. Put on the candy stripes again tomorrow. A lot of cream and crimson. Grab your favorite beverage and root like hell again tomorrow. And then we'll reassess tomorrow in the postgame show.
0: Yeah, I mean, all off season we talked about how this was going to be a really tough matchup early in the season and probably one where Indiana wasn't going to win and it wasn't going to be particularly close and all that stuff. doesn't make it any easier to watch for two hours, you know? And I think, you know, Josh, you do bring up a good point. There was a lot to like in that first half. I mean, the Banner moment was how they fought back at the end of the first half and ended it on that run and put themselves in a position, you know, to compete coming out in the second half. And it just it felt like a game... You know, even if Indiana had played better and executed its stuff better, it's still a game you're probably losing by six to eight points, you know, because Indiana just doesn't have the firepower in the backcourt and the and the trust, you know, I mean, a guy like Tristan Newton, you know, he was terrific, you know, and, and kind of controlled the game. And then when you have Caraban and Spencer who are able to find and make shots, we just don't have any of those guys right now. And so winning a basketball game without those elements is really, really hard And I think what we're learning about this team now through four games is very few things are going to come easy for this team right now. And, Coach, to your point, you talk about trusting the system. I think the shot selection is bad in part because they don't trust that the offense is going to get them good shots. You know, and so sometimes they're forced or they're taking the first one that's open. And you're not going to win. You know, you're not going to win that way. Um, And so they do. The system has to maybe – you know, be tailored a little bit more to these guys and where their games are. And the players have to trust each other in the system. So it's, there's some chicken and egg stuff going on here too. And I don't know the answers. Um, We'll certainly be here tracking it and watching it. I think to me, the biggest disappointment, and it was the same thing about the Arizona game last year, the same thing about the Kansas game. These games are such big opportunities for Indiana, for the brand of Indiana basketball. We so desperately want to be, you know, back and, and all that stuff. Well at some point you got to show up in these games and really compete and make them a 40 minute game. Um, unfortunately, today Indiana you know was unable to do that. Hopefully they're able to do it a little bit more tomorrow um, but disappointing, you know I think we all were kind of hoping that you know maybe after those first three games Indiana would be able to come up with a better performance for for a time they did uh, but they just didn't have it in them for 40 minutes and that's the next step is how do you get this team able to play for 40 minutes like they did for 20 minutes or like they were at that moment when they have that transition opportunity to go down five. You know, you make that, maybe it's a different game, but that's the problem is right now, Indiana doesn't have the players to make those game-winning plays and other teams like UConn do. And we'll just have to see how much that changes. I still, you know, like these players and have a lot of confidence. I'm not backing off on any of my preseason projections yet, even though the team is probably a little further behind than I was hoping. Um, Still a lot of time. Now we just want to see the incremental progress uh, from game to game, and hopefully that starts tomorrow. All right, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Assembly Call. And don't forget to go to substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you tomorrow after the Empire Classic Consolation game. Until then. Take it from me, Yogi Ferrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks.
2: Thank
3: you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Shoot the ball.
0: Shoot the ball. Indeed. And have it go in. Yeah, that is right. Josh, thanks for joining us, man. Great to, great to get you on for here. Having made some great me. points.
3: Yes, thank you. I now get to watch. I think it's halftime of the Louisville game right now, and then Indiana soccer plays in about a half hour.
0: That's right. So and the women, is, is the women's game over? I know they were playing, and Jeff and Kathy they were going be on the, the post-game show soon.
3: They won by so, 30 or 33, nice. 77, 74, 44, or something like that. But, yeah, Very good. looking forward to the night in the city. No, it's no Chicago. I can tell you that. No, It is of no not. Chicago.
0: What are you going to do uh, tonight? Do you have any plans?
3: Uh, well, apparently diners are really good here, and they're open 24-7, so we'll, we'll find our way to one of those. Pizza, nice. I get to be judgmental and fold it up.
0: Um, just, <laughs> I'm a I mean, Chicago-style pizza guy over New York-style, for sure. It, oh, not even close.
3: It, it looked disgusting, and everything is <laughs> New York original, and there's one on every freaking corner. And how am I supposed <laughs> to know which one's the best? But we we took the tour of the uh, the World Trade Center yesterday, and yeah. that was the views up there were incredible. Oh, so I'm I'm really I love I like this place. I don't love this place. I love Chicago.
0: I like yeah. this place. It's cool. Nice. That's good. Well, good. Experience well, we appreciate you, you uh
1: you being on, and uh, I'll send you a text of uh, what I want you to look for off the court tomorrow. I mm-hmm. appreciate fun. being the eyes on the court
0: and hat tip to yeah. all the IU fans who were there. Once again, everybody's yes. like, it's going to be a Yukon yes. home game. And yet I know Galen was tweeting that. It seemed like it was about 70, 30 Indiana to Yukon and Jay Williams on the broadcast. And, you know, I, look, I just want to say it was really nice of ESPN to every now and then cut in clips of the game during the Jay Williams show. You know, I just, I oh, he drove me nuts. Really nice. Oh God. It was almost, I, that's what away. I got on Twitter. Yeah, I, it was I, almost unbelievable. he was hating um, on everyone. Yeah, but he's like, wow, this is, sounds like an Indiana home game. This is surprising. It shouldn't be. We know how Indiana fans it, travel. It's awesome. I'm so it, proud of our, it our, was, our fan base.
3: It was incredible. Like We were here right around 11 o'clock, so two hours before a game. We, we took our little uh, self-guided tour, went up to the bridge, took cool pictures. So we got to sit outside during warm-ups, and fans started coming in, and it was like, okay, it's all red like because Indiana fans are going to come early, UConn traveling, and it just kept becoming more and more red. And it was like, okay, one of these – I mean, I thought L.A. was the coast that they had the late-arriving crowd, and UConn fans were loud. I got to give it to them, and yes, they can spell U-C-O-N-N. I uh, heard that multiple times, and I was, I was proud of them. But uh, great crowd, and I don't know, I, I haven't stepped out since that game started. I don't know if I saw any Louisville fans or Texas fans in the crowd. Um, I'm <laughs> Louisville very fans aren't gonna to show their face in public
0: right now. So
3: that's what I was talking to someone, but Texas fans I saw <laughs> two next to the press. I was like, That's not great.
0: That's cause it's Texas
1: and basketball,
0: you know?
3: So. It's football season. Yes. And exactly.
1: and here's here's something that's important too and it's important why what you said Jared about we got to start competing in these games too cuz I felt that way out in Vegas. It was a blast out in Vegas last year uh f- for that event and at the hotel and we are hungry for relevance uh in college basketball and we've got a taste of it in the first 2 years and it's just important that we get back to that level at some point because we we'll still go. I I don't see uh, Indiana basketball never you know, going, but I, I think we're at the height right now of getting this thing really rolling. And and we've got to play better than losing by 20 points in these, in these really big, big games. And there are no
0: moral victories and this is Indiana and all that matters is winning, but this fan base would have been ecstatic with a competitive three, four point loss. And if you say no, you're lying or your expectations are out of whack. But that, that's what everybody wanted to see today. You know, 40 minutes, let's go toe to toe with these guys. Hey, maybe they beat us because they just have better players right now and better balance, but let's make this a four. And so, and that's, it felt like it might be that for a while, you know? So it's a little different. It's not like the Arizona game where they just came out and stepped on our throat right away and we're fighting back the whole time, or the Kansas game, which we had no shot. And then, you know, your point guard gets hurt. So the whole day felt like a disaster. This really felt like it could be different. That's why, I mean, I was just. I don't know, watching the last like 5 6 minutes it was so dispiriting because it's like damn it, you know, like they broke our spirit and we just it's like we just we lost the t- the players lost their belief. It felt like to me that they could make this a 40 minute game and I just think that was really deflating for fans that right now just want to see us compete for 40 minutes in one of these games. We'll worry about winning them later. You know, let's get back to being competitive in these for a while cuz frankly we just haven't been right now. So it
3: might be like sad to say like this moral victory but they played a I, I'm I'm actually content with the 27 and a half minutes all the way up until that turnover that led to uh, to four points on on that possession for UConn I was really content with that game Indiana they would get down by 14 and then they just go on the 7-0 spurt and then it'd just be back and forth for that time so I'm I'm like the least moral victory person in the world I, I'm I'm Mr. Negative after every loss but twenty seven and a half minutes of solid basketball is what i'm going to take away today
1: you know Josh, you make a good point that we all probably need to pay pay attention to like there were faults we could talk about the defense and the rebounding and and, and maybe the offensive creativity you're down seven to the number five team in the country with the rebound with numbers going going the other way uh, i I think that was at the twelve minute mark so that's that's twenty eight minutes where you're there and then that whole sequence got our best player in foul trouble with four fouls and had to sit and come back. And it just, it kind of snowballed from there. You don't like that. There's no excuse. You're here to play. You play to win the game. But if you would have gotten beat 77-56, something like that, or 77-66, fouling late at the end, uh, though. You know, but we're not there. And then the questions have to be there, why we're not there. But, yes, I, I wasn't sure we would even compete for 28 minutes after the first three games, given the, the – disparity of the program. So that's probably good to to try to remember.
0: All right. Well, uh,
1: (laughs) I don't usually take advice from a college kid.
0: (laughs) No, I wouldn't take advice from myself either. I mean,
1: this is always the struggle with the
0: post game shows. It's reacting to the moment while trying to keep the larger context in mind. This was a bad performance. It's never good to lose by 20. Like there's a lot of bad to take out of this, but I think you do make a good point, Josh, that there were some signs of growth That if you're of the opinion that this team is going to take on water early and can get better, you did see some seeds for that kind of thing. I mean, again, if this is a a performance CJ Gunn can build on, we may look back at it and say, "Man, he got himself going against UConn, and that really changed what this offense was able to do."
1: You know, and so there are some of those things. So, anyway, what if they? What if some of our players just played average games? X with an average game, Embaco with an average game. I know. Like all of a sudden, that that's you know, we have not hit full cylinders yet or even 75% of what we can do. You never do in every game. But, you know, you'd rather if you're going to have your struggles, you'd rather have them in no, in November and December and then play better in league play and be playing better down down the stretch. Cuz then you have a shot no matter what your seed if you do get in the tournament no matter what your seed is, you have a chance to pull an upset or two and and make a run. We've seen that in it with 9 seed getting to the final 4 and uh, last year and and so forth. So yeah, let's all try to be patient. It was what it was tonight. It wasn't very good. But there were – and McCaffrey just scored, so there goes my fantasy team's doing well. Let's just refocus, <laughs> let's grab some pie, Hey, <laughs> grab um, grab a little dessert. Mm. <laughs> all right,
0: we'll figure out the schedule. Are you free tomorrow, Coach? And Josh, can you oh, pop uh, on yeah. again? Yeah. Josh, can you pop on again? On okay. So at a minimum, we've got the three of us. Yeah. Very good. Um, Very good. And Emma's going to be writing the post-game uh, email, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, she they, does great work. Literally right on the other side oh, of she Oh, right game. over there? <laughs> um,
3: yeah. It's interesting what you said about CJ, Jared. Uh, this could be that game. Um, I've always thought, I think it was two years ago, uh, Miller Cop got fouled, and it was on the floor, but he shot a three and drilled it, and I thought, hmm, maybe this could be the turnaround, and that was Ohio State, and he really turned it around ever mm-hmm. since that moment. So maybe this is that CJ gun breaking out party, like, like you said, and, and it'll be interesting to watch tomorrow, especially if it's against Louisville.
0: And I don't know if it, here's another meaningful moment you might've missed. It was like late in the second half and CJ was about to get a wide open three pointer and a foul was called. And so he took it after the whistle and drained it. And you could just see on his face yeah. like, Oh yeah, yep. that's the one that goes in. But I'm telling you, but he is such a rhythm shooter. You know, he's a guy, like, I wouldn't be surprised if even just seeing that go through helps his confidence a little bit. He's just got to see some of those go down. And he's he's able to, he's, the difference between him, at least so far this season and last season, he's finding ways to be productive. You know, not just hustle, but he's turning his hustle into production. Now he's got to start making some of those shots. So, anyway, yep. I'm, not, I'm not backing off on that. I know everyone's citing his three-point percentages for his career and all that stuff. I get it, but... I still I trust him, and I'll I'll go down fighting for someone that plays as hard as he does. So, yeah,
3: and absolutely. After the whistle, yeah. that's that's a that's a good stat right there. Yeah, we Emma and yeah, I looked. He's at one for one, one on threes
0: went, after the after the whistle. <laughs> and we just
3: started laughing when he hit when he hit that three after the whistle. Like no. uh, his luck is just off. oh, oh awful.
0: man. All right, everybody, let's go enjoy some football. Put up your Christmas trees. Play some Christmas music. Let's go. It's time. Eat some pie. Eat some pie. It's all good. All right, coach. Let's regroup. Let's all regroup. Let's flush this one. And let's come back ready to go tomorrow.
3: <laughs> New York pizza.
0: Lock that New jaw. We got a game game tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> uh, thanks right. everyone for joining. Josh, thanks for coming, man. Thank you. Good to have you here. Thank
1: you. Good to see you. See you. See, see you, guys everybody. Tomorrow.